This episode of Back to Work is brought to you by 1Password. 1Password is a password manager that goes beyond simple password storage by integrating directly with your browser to automatically log you into websites and much more. You can learn more about 1Password at agilebits.com. Our thanks to 1Password for supporting 5x5 and Back to Work. Misa having trouble with the clumsy. Got no moolah. Do you have a lot of stuff running on your computer? Uh, you know, uh, I do. I How many I apps used, do you usually have going at one time? Can I tell you something honestly? A, a habit that I picked up, I, at some point, I must have been during the early days of OS X before. Did, did OS X always have protected memory? I believe it, it did. Like, I, I think it did. Okay. I don't know. Well, whatever it had, it still wasn't awesome on my old Yosemite Blue <laughs> G3. And I just always got in the ha- – this is the worst, by the way. This is not a tip. This is an anti-tip. This is a non-trick. <laughs> but I have um, – uh, what's it called? What's my alt-tab program I use? Um, Light Switch. And Light Switch has, this, has all kinds of cool stuff to it. But one of the things that's cool is you can go – if you hit command and write – you know, tab, tab, tab. And command FF force quits it. Command FR force restarts it, and I got in this terrible habit. Anytime my computer would slow down, I would just go through and force quit all my apps. <laughs> and you know, yeah, I come from the day when if you didn't close FileMaker right, you'd lose your database. Yeah, do you remember that? You couldn't quit FileMaker. Well, there you, were a lot. Of, there were a lot of apps that were like that. If you if they crashed, you'd immediately lose everything. It was just a given, even if you were saving. So you would have to constantly make backup copies, file save as, just to. For your own sanity. It was always a crapshoot. I do remember that. I mean, I'm, with any app, we should just talk about the old days because it's, it's amazing. Let's do, to it. Talk about. Let's do Let's it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Uh, system 6, man. System, system 604. Ooh, you always want to avoid the even numbers. Remember that? <laughs> You're always better off with the odd numbers on system 6. I, I think probably, a, no, actually for me it was system, whatever it was in 1987, Whenever my girlfriend and I broke up and I didn't have access to her Magnavox. She has since reminded me that I broke up with her and not her with me. So that screws up my story a little bit. But uh, I used to use her Magnavox with the little orange letters on the black screen. And when we broke up, I had, to, had somewhere to type. So I would go to the Mac Lab. And that was it. That was the start for me. Well, and then yours was you were on – you've always been an Apple. You had an Apple too, right? Uh, I, well, I didn't own one. We used them at – I was uh, – my mom is a, and was a college English professor and she taught at the community college in South Florida and they had uh, like, you know, what do you do with a, with a you know, nine or ten-year-old kid <laughs> if, if you have to teach during the summer term to pay bills? Well, you, they, they had some kind of a camp there. So they went to camp and half, half the you time – You went to computer camp? Well, no. That's the thing is it wasn't really computer camp. It, you just run around kicking a football and eating french fries and then for some reason, like one hour out of the day – they had students, te- like like computer science students, I guess, teaching us how to – we could either play games or, or we could learn basic and learn to program. And I was the, in, in the group that decided to learn how to program for whatever reason and uh, so doing, that was on the Apple basic? II. Were you doing basic? Basic. And, and you had your choice. You could either use the Apple II uh, or you could use the – Tandy 100 or whatever it was. Do you remember these things? They were silver. The Trash 80? The TRS 80? It was a TRS 80, but it wasn't the the Coco. It was the, I think it was like the original TRS 80 that was silver. It had the two five and a quarter inch bays and usually only one of them would have an actual drive in it. It had a black keyboard. It had the the bluish or greenish uh, CRT screen. 
Do you remember used, this thing? I, used to, I do. It used to seem like the future to me. That and the K-Pro. That was the coolest thing. walking around with those giant K-Pros and he's like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> you ever seen the original <laughs> Mac uh, documentation? Where a big sales point they thought was going to be <laughs> the portability. And you could get that little like a vinyl case or something so you put it on oh, right. an airplane seat. It's like it was the first computer that'll fit under an airplane seat. And they show guy, I think if memory serves, we've got to find this. But I think <laughs> they show somebody riding a bike with a basket. <laughs> I might be No, that's E.T. you're thinking of. Oh, no, no, no. I think you're thinking of Mac and me. That's the one where he has the... Uh, the transforming uh, silver spaceship? That's right. No, that's you're, right. you're, you're thinking, thinking of Terminator 2. That's the one with that, uh, that Denise woman that was married to Charlie Sheen. And uh, we saw her boobs in that movie. What was that? Is that who you're thinking of? Oh, yeah. You're thinking of uh, trading space, places with uh, Dan Aykroyd and uh, that, uh, the lady. That's right. It's where the rich people and the poor people trade moms. That's a good movie. Filmed in Philadelphia. That's right. That's right. That's the one with the uh, gorilla and the Mars bar? No, you're thinking when Bill Murray finds the Mars bar in the swimming pool in Caddyshack. Mm. Did you ever Google Mars bar party? No, no. Should no. we do that on the show? No, no. No one should do that. No one should do that. On the way home from our in-laws the other night, I read the entire Wikipedia selection on sexual urban myths, and I learned about gel bracelets and rainbow parties, and I learned about uh, Mars bar parties. <clears throat> so, um, I guess, I guess, I guess, uh, my, one of my picks would be um, <laughs> the Macintosh. Uh, it's a it's a solid computer, and it fits under a plane seat. But um, for me, it was oh, but you know, just go back to one thing. Um, the See, to me, FileMaker was so famously, like, full of voodoo. There was all kinds of voodoo with FileMaker. And the thing is, uh, the place I work with Dave, we relied so heavily on FileMaker. We put all our papers in there, right, for, you know, scientific stuff. And anything that we ever used was in there. And I had to back that back up the crap. We had – they weren't optical drives. What were they called? They weren't CD-ROMs, but they were back like – Back up the crap? Is that another prison term? Hmm? <laughs> That's right. It's like when you pull a stagecoach on somebody with a shiv. Or, or maybe you, you give them a lunch bucket on their uh, deck controller. <clears throat> you ever have a, a, a bunk crawfish when there was no crawfish? We ate sand. We ate sand. You ate sand? <laughs> we ate sand. <laughs> you ate what? It was a rocky place where my seed could find no purchase. <laughs> Moving no. on. I recommend the Macintosh. It's, it's a computer. Movie. Comes out at such a good movie. Does it hold up? I watched it again recently. I'm not sure. You know what it is? It, it's like a screwball comedy. And it's not even like it's. It's really you can tell it's a young. So the, the raising Arizona, and it's and it, it doesn't really in, in some ways. But it's one of those things where unlike a lot of things you're nostalgic for, if you loved it a lot, then like it's still pretty good. I think if you showed it to somebody who's I saw it when I was 20, maybe, and if I showed it to somebody who's 20 today, I think they'd go, "You've got to be kidding me," you know. Just like I can talk to my mother-in-law about Fargo. And I can talk to her about, um, let's say, oh, oh, No Country for Old Men. She's also a Cormac fan. Mm. And I'm like, you know, I, I went there. I went there with her. I was like, you know, I got to tell you, Polly, it's, my favorite's a pretty weird one. She's like, Hudsucker Proxy? I'm like, mm, I really like the Hudsucker Proxy. My favorite is, she says, not the Big Lebowski. I was like, yes. <laughs> so then we just watched baseball. <laughs> Because sometimes you got to know. You got to just, you know, to say things. You know, you know to say, yes, those jeans make your butt look skinny. Always, like always. Um, you know to always say, um, uh, this is delicious, this thing you've made me. And you know, and always say, I, I, I do work with computers. And you always know to say, just drop the Big Lebowski. Anyway, my recommendation this week is going to be the Macintosh. If you didn't close, 
it let you quit. Let's be clear, Dan Benjamin, under the file menu, there was a button called quit. But that should have been not only grayed out, it should have been redded out. It should have been like this would be here if this were a normal program. But if you quit FileMaker, what would you say the chances are? It felt like about 50-50. You would just corrupt the entire database with no, just no sense of recovery. Yeah, I would say 50-50% chance. But that I, was I true for every app. Really? You feel, you feel like, like right now? Or? Not, not now, but back then. <laughs> now you got a 60-40. Third base. No, I was referring to the program I wrote my thesis with called Right Now. Yeah, it's baseball players today. They got a lot of funny names. <laughs> um, I used to have it. that whole thing memorized after I saw Rain Man. I tried to memorize it. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Um, the Helix was the other one. Was it Helix? Helix or Double Helix? Was it like their... Frick. Kind of pseudo-relational... You're thinking frick? of Frick. Hmm. When he was diagnosed with cancer, he uh, essentially overdosed regularly on vitamin C and believes that it cured his cancer. Or was that Watson that huh. did that? Oh, Wat- I, Watson's the guy done like black people, right? And I mean, most of those vitamins, you pee those away in minutes. You know that, right, Dan Benjamin? Well, that's why he had to overdose on it, I okay. think. Okay. Li- Lin- now, Linus Pauling is not the guy who invented Linux. Is that correct? And you pronounce it Linus, but you say Linux. Torvalds. Okay. My recommendation is going to be uh, ResEdit. And the neat thing about ResEdit, that's my, that's my pick of the week. ResEdit is a program you can use to open up your icons and turn them into butts <laughs> or peepees or woo-woos. Or um, you could go into the Talking Moose and give them a mustache. Did you ever use ResEdit? Dangerous app that you could have. Really about. dangerous app. I didn't use it a lot, but I, you could do some neat things with it. You could it. see binary code with that, couldn't you? Wasn't the, uh, the icon for that a little jack-in-the-box? It was a jacket, which is perfect. Yeah. Except Pop Goes the Weasel doesn't always end quite where you think it will. But what I remember was there were, I don't know if you call them hacks or if I'm, I don't know if I'm remembering this right. I think there were patches you could apply to like hack on your, your apps. And you could do stuff. Remember with ResEdit, you could go and you could, I don't remember, I don't help me remember this, but you went into the resource file and was it like SND or something like that? You go in, you could get the sounds, sounds out right. of the app. Sounds right. Do you remember that though? You could go get that and save those. At one point, I think you could actually drag them to the desktop. I don't remember how I did this. This is like 1990 or whatever. But it was so cool. You could go in and you could get all the sounds out. It was the best. What's your, what's your, what's your pick? Pick of the week this week would be, are we doing, we're doing old stuff? I think we're going to do nothing, nothing but picks. Was it called Soundmaster that let <sighs> you have sounds so with like when you ejected the disc, you could have the little, you know, escape pod sound you could, yeah, you could have varying machine gun sounds associated <laughs> with the keys which my friend Paul did at the office for about four minutes <laughs> yeah Holly didn't like that Holly Holly, who used FileMaker a lot just came over and said Paul could I ask you not to do that what was the one little game that you had there where you were like a little round I guess it was like a ball. It was a circle, and you would fly around a maze trying to pick up things while avoiding little spikes. Uh, and you had the little uh, little I, exit hatches on the side that would open after. It was like a little gravity kind of game. Yeah, like, yeah, and you had to use the mouse to do it, but it was a very there was yeah there was gravity I, and other. It sounds things. familiar. I was a glider man, like until I was on. And it made like, really weird little sounds. It would go like, <laughs> like that. That sounds so familiar. I don't remember. And I think they, I think they re-released the game for like Xbox or something, and it ruined it for me. <laughs> well, part of the fun was, and this was, I mean, I got to tell you, up until maybe, um, also we should finish your thing on the sound thing. The sound thing was awesome, but it was, it was truly obnoxious. 
where it would do like you know thy bidding master or whatever when yeah. it when it started up. But that was a, that was a big sell. Like I remember when you'd, you'd go into the the store that the one store in your town that would actually have a Mac, and they would usually sell. They weren't just selling Macs; they'd sell Macs and Amigas. Like those were the two things mm-hmm. that they would have. The only things they would have in there. And the guy was basically the guy that ran it was was the comic book guy. Totally, it's like he he, he lost his job at the photo store. And decided to start a place for rich people who like Todd Rundgren songs, you know. <laughs> right, Sue. <So. laughs> the Amiga was amazing, though. I, I I never used an Amiga much, but I was always blown away that you could like make animations on there and stuff like that so easily. You're right, though. And there's always a place, and it was totally the comic book guy. And their software was incredibly expensive, but you could go in there and buy like a, a ninety dollars SCSI cable, which you needed sometimes. Unbelievable. I like the sound thing. I used to use one called, what would you call that one, Soundmaster? I thought it was Soundmaster. I, I could be totally wrong with the name of it. I'm just it's, not remembering that's, it. That sounds so familiar. And then there, but there was, there was Talking Moose where it would talk to you. And that oh, seemed- yeah, the moose was hilarious. And what about the little, uh, the little cat that would chase around? Nico, was that what it was called? Oh, that, and it that would was chase a ball of yarn? Side. Yeah. Oh, that was sweet. And the little, the little eyes that also borrowed from X-Window. Is that right? Remember the little eyes? Is it where they would follow your mouse? Yeah, they would follow your mouse. I think they even had some that would work in the in the menu. And like the, my goal, whenever I would go into the Mac Lab, uh, would be to install the eyes on on every single machine that I ever used in there. <laughs> and people would never know how it was. You know, they couldn't figure out how to make it go away. And they, they yeah, at the risk of revealing a lot about myself, I don't like things like that. That freaks me out. I don't like the eyes I don't, watching. I, I don't. I don't like things that remark on what I'm doing. That goddamn paperclip just made me so angry. I don't like things that, that remark on what I'm doing, that tell me what they think. I don't like things that watch my mouse. I don't watch my mouse. That's, that's, that's for me. I don't like that. I don't like that. No, no, the machine guns, that was fun. Or you could have it make the like, shoop, like the, the Star Trek door sound when a disc was ejected, which is kind of perfect, you know? Oh, what was the other one I was going to say um, from back in the day? Oh, there's so many. Oh, you know what I was going to say? Is I think up until I want to say, when was the big, when was the big leap in... There was, was one big cat where it gained a lot of function. I want to say Leopard. Leopard was kind of the big one, right? Leopard not, le- not, not, not Leopard. The one before uh, – was it not Tiger? What was the one before Tiger? I feel like Tiger Jaguar. was the, the big the, – the big, like we're mature now. Yeah. But, but even – Didn't around, Jaguar come before that though? I think it did. So all I know is I was at Adaptive Path because I remember it was so embarrassing. Oh, I'm not going to – well, sure. Jesse Garrett. Jesse and Lane and They're I They're saying sat Panther around. in the chat room, 10.3. Panther. That that was, it. But we had like an OS 10 party one Saturday, the saddest party ever. Jesse Garrett and – You know Lane right now there. Syracuse is just banging his head against the wall. Because we're getting so much wrong because yeah, we're getting yeah. so much incorrect. Yeah. I ha- half say, of this I do on purpose just to bother him. Okay. Hang on a second. I, and I think I got it now. So Go Jaguar, ahead. Go ahead, Okay, for first time macker. I think the Jaguar came out just after Snow Leopard. And then it was OS 8 was the one that had, uh, what was that style? It was, um, it was uh, N- Chica- Nesker? Chicago. Nexter? Chicago. Chica- no, I, I think you're confused. I think it Rockwell is, was that font that was real blocky. And that's why today I still use charcoal. I got a lot of problems with charcoal, Dan. Never liked charcoal. Char- char- charcoal's a in the face. That's just a big slap. Wait, you kidding me? Charcoal? What is that? What is that? I'd rather have San Francisco in my menu. Remember San Francisco? Was that San Francisco like the ransom note one? Oh, man. They had some weird... Who would use was that? It? Who would use know. that? I don't know who would use... I used it for lots of stuff. You know what that was? That was the Comic Sans of 1988. Your mom doesn't work here. Please clean up. <laughs> have your daughter in a closet. <laughs> anyway, here's the thing. 
whenever that was, I want to say, so whenever it was 2003 was when I was working with those guys. And, you know, you got the six CDs or whatever. And what I remember was, like, that was the first release, at least in my head, where it really felt like as fast as System 7. Because <laughs> to me, like, I don't know, there's something about, and again, Syracuse should address this if he's listening, but of, you know, on his thing, where you, the Squidward show, <laughs> but I felt that's like the new. Was... That's going to be the new name of it. <laughs> We're working out a deal with Nickelodeon to use that. <laughs> oh God! He um, is Squidward. I asked him. I said, "Have you ever watched Sponge, SpongeBob?" And he said, "No, I've, I've ne- no, I've never watched it." <laughs> and I, I said, I, "You know, do you think you could watch it before the next show?" That seems highly unlikely. <laughs> How about I just come back there and make the Krabby Patties? <laughs> um, boy, you know, SpongeBob picks up a lot of his bad habits in several of the books. It's a really instructive thing. Here's the thing. I don't know about you, but like in my head, System 7, like, you know, like 607, 701, it was, I think it was around 7 when they started. That's when they started adding a lot of the foofy stuff, right? When was Publish and Subscribe? Was that seven? <laughs> we're gonna make him. We're gonna make yeah. him pop a gut. I know. Oh my god! Anyway, and, and we're gonna have to spend the first half of that show correcting. Yeah. One by well, one, all the things that were wrong. This is gonna be extensive. Extensive. Fu. <laughs> no, he won't. He doesn't listen to this. So, so the um, when I just remember on System Six, on I'm trying to remember, like even on my SE, with with no hard drive. Let's point out working from floppies. But when I was on a hard drive on an SE, it just felt like everything happened the instant you did it. Unless you had a virus, like when you double-click something, that that crap just popped. Do you remember that? It just felt like Boom. Your, your hands... Do you know what I'm saying? Am I wrong? No, I, just I remember, do. I totally I just remember it, it really popping on System 6. And then, I don't know, who knows? You know how these things lag, hardware and software. You know, God, when was the crappy word? 1992? With the word with the thirty extensions, oh, did you remember that though? That you install the worst. it. I kept, I kept. I've said this before, but I kept Microsoft five point one maybe until like until like nineteen ninety nine. Whenever it just wouldn't work anymore because it was so good that the version there was not a single thing they added to that that I needed. But that was kind of what started to happen a little bit. I mean, there was great stuff obviously in, in seven and eight, but eight was the one where I was like, mm, you know, eh. remember they started adding all the texture stuff and. If actually, you know, can I just say as a good suggestion, we'll put this in notes, but um, we we should point to Gruber's thing. Actually, Syracuse did a good episode on this too, but the talk that Gruber did at Webstock was really great about kind of the, the history of, I don't know what he'd call it, but the history of kind of like how the Mac software lo- looked. <laughs> it's more subtle than that, but it's really good just because he, he took so much time and did all these great screenshots. Have you seen it? Yeah, it? it's it's very much worth. We'll have to get it in the show notes. This we'll is very much show. worth a watch. But I mean, uh, that and Syracuse's episode is fantastic too. The one, the hypercritical. Um, I can't say off the top of my head which episode it is, but they're both they're very complementary and cover some of the same ground, but really good. With Gruber's, I think it's called the Gap Theory of Design. I think it's called. I don't know. I've never heard his work. Um, <laughs> I don't know. But then it took forever. Also, can I just say, I, I installed, this is how dumb I am, Dan Benjamin. I installed uh, the beta, starting with the beta. I bought, if memory serves, I bought the beta of OS X because it was, you had to like buy a CD of it. Is yeah, that right? Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, and I installed it. And yeah, I did that too. And it was, icons, it was so weird. The icons were so stupid. I was so used to seeing, you know, with my own icon sets. It was before Candy Bar. I forget what I was using back in the day. Uh, Do you but use there Candy was Bar right app- now? No. We need to get a screenshot of your desktop up. You would be so depressed if you looked at my computer. It's so standard. Well, you can't get a screenshot on my desktop right now. Are you on the Mac Mini? 
Or I mean the uh, I'm, MacBook I'm speaking Air? speaking in a coded way. Being coded. <laughs> anyway. Library D, it's back. That's the reason I'm on my MacBook Air today. Dur, dur, dur. Librarian D. If anybody has met Librarian D, she better look really sexy when she puts her hair down because, boy, is it ever lunch Ding the crap out of my computer. God, I wish I was on System 6 today. I wish that talking moose would talk me off the ledge. Um, the point being, it took, felt like, to my fingers, it felt like years before the Mac looked as good as and worked as well as it did <laughs> in the 80s and early 90s. That yeah, is my it, definitely was, it definitely was a step uh, back. And you understand now, in retrospect, now that I kind of understand, but Dan Benjamin, I installed that beta, and I guess, I don't, I don't know if I ran an uninstaller, but it did something, it wasn't partitions, but it did something where it protected beyond just previous system. It did something where it preserved your old system. You could actually still run it yeah. in classic or whatever. Right, because you, you had the new one was a system folder, but it was just called system, it, and the old exactly, one was called system was, folder. Still had, I, memory serves, you still had, I, anyway, I don't remember. You had both. You had system and okay. system folder, and then you could pick which one you wanted to boot from as well as launch classic. Well, let's just say Unix is set up a little different than the old Mac, and I thought, because you know, you know how this works. On a Mac, it used to be you just deleted the extension and restarted, right? Right. No problem. Easy peasy. So I just go into this system folder, or system as they call it, and I should just be able to delete stuff. Library. (laughs) I don't need a library. Why would I need a library? I don't need that. Okay. That's probably for movies or something. I don't have any movies on my computer, so I'll just delete library. And um, I caused a great deal of trouble the third time I tried to uninstall OS X. Because I'd just given up. I was like, this is dumb. i got to do work. You know what I mean? But it felt like years. Because I just... So, let's talk go-tos. Well, you know what we should do? We should talk about We should talk about our sponsors, what we should do. Do we have any sponsors for this week? I don't... No. Yes, we do. We have... Uh, actually, we have a total of two sponsors this week. Okay. Um, and uh, so, this is... Uh, let's talk about our friends at Squarespace.com. Does that, does that work for you? Squarespace.com. These are the guys who uh, make it very easy for you to create and host a website without being uh, an uber geek server administrator unix guy yeah and, and the thing that's neat about it though is that even if you are an extreme uber unix geek nerd linus you're, you're still going to find stuff to love in this it's it's really it's it's almost like a great um ios app like i'm thinking in particular something like uh you know nevin and buzz's bird feed it was one of the first ones i oh, remember yeah Remember where like there was all this stuff in there, but you didn't see it unless you needed to. Squarespace is like that. You show up on Squarespace, you, you type in a couple things, and you got a website. There might be that's an asterisk. It actually takes more than typing a couple things for Squarespace to work. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. No motorcycles after three p.m. Um, so who knows? Uh, <laughs> but I love it so much because I was so. I said this. I said this last time, but I got so used to like the pain. Of, I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to speak against. I don't want to speak ill. You understand? You know me, Dan Benjamin. I don't speak ill. But let's just say I never want to hear the phrase "thesis hooks" ever again. Ooh. I don't want to hear "hooks" ever again because I had to move my menu once and it took me two days and I was very confused. And you're not. You're, you don't get that with Squarespace. You know. And it's funny because I have a lot of friends who have just been in the same boat and they said, "You know what? I'm kind of. I'm kind of done touching the code." And uh, this is not what they told us to read. Can we just make that the official name of the segment? This is not what they told us to say. Yeah. But you're not allowed to touch the code. This is the best thing ever. Their, their code is so tight 
and so like compliant that you can do everything you need to with CSS. Advanced CSS, not a problem. You can do imports. You can do add imports if you want to do all that stuff. There's one place where you can dump all this in. It works great. They host your images for you. It just it just goes. But even if you're not a nerd, you just show up and uh, just show up and type some stuff in Squarespace.com. <laughs> but I highly recommend it. And uh, Dan, the thing that makes me sad about about these guys, have you ever met these guys before? I have not met them in person. However, I've okay. you know there's been phone calls. Yeah. Well, I've, my concern is that they're not doing anything for our listeners. Is my concern. That is too bad. Unfortunately, they they won't do anything. Or wait, yeah. no, they they will do something. Oh, that's right. They have for, a coupon. Uh, how, what do we got? Oh, you better go fast. I believe it's by June thirtieth. Is that accurate? By June thirtieth. Yeah, they've got a little. A little you know, will they extend it though? Do you think they'll extend it? I think what we need is something called popular demand, Dan Benjamin. We need popular demand. Um, perhaps they will. But uh, what I can tell you is uh, that if you uh, go and sign up at squarespace.com slash back to work, one word, you can use the code back to work six if memory serves. That's back to work, one word, and six, one digit. You know why it's a six, though? Why is it a six? Because this is the sixth month of the year June. Now, is that Julian? Now, Julian's the one that's in that movie with the girl in the box from Twin Peaks, right? Julian? No, you're thinking of the redhead from X-Files. No, I think you're thinking of that movie Frankenstein with uh, Kenneth, Kenneth Branagh. Oh, Branagh. no, you're, you're, you're thinking of uh, Son of Frankenstein. Be he ne'er so vile, this day shall gentle his condition. And gentlemen now abed <laughs> shall hold themselves a curse and hold that man who cheap that they once here with me that fought upon St. Crispin's Day. So like I say, squarespace.com slash back to work. You go <laughs> in, you do it, you type a few things, and you got a website. Square, you know what, Dan? Let's give them that. Squarespace.com. You type a few things and there's a website. Something that could like. be their thing. Can we work on that? All right. Yeah, we'll work on that. Well, anyway, thank you very much to Squarespace. Um, I, this is the thing, people. User. You need to go I check love. this out. You really need to yes. go check this out. Yes, the, yes the, absolutely. MerlinMan.com really runs on it. And uh, Fives, uh, actually, no, Fives is on the other thing. That phone guy. But I'm the reason I'm confusing that is I'm moving a lot of stuff over there. Under the aegis of, of this one thing, because it really is easy. You know, one last thing real quick. It's neat, because you got blog things and you got page things. If you ever used the stuff like PHP Nuke back in the day, it used to be really easy to make a page or a block or whatever, but it wasn't so easy to make like a bloggy thing. And what I love about, the other thing I love about Squarespace is it's really easy to make pages or blogs. They call them journals. But it's all equally easy. It all is in this one interface. I've probably said too much already, but I really like these guys. So thank you very much for supporting uh, 5 by 5 and Back to Work. Do you appreciate that, Dan? I do. Yeah. So my pick this week is the Macintosh. It's a computer that fits in your bike seat as long as it's very, very, very large and you don't need to go anywhere. <laughs> do you remember how expensive SCSI cables were? It was ridiculous. It was like $50 for a, was a 30, 30 pin? They, right? were, they were thick, too. <laughs> they, were, they were thick as heck. The kind of cables that, that you have today, you know, if you look at your average USB so dainty. cable. They're so dainty, like the thing you'd get with an iPod now. And you guys talked about this, I think you and maybe Marco, how the components keep getting cheaper and lesser. Yeah. Like you used to get all this cool stuff. Was that Gruber? No, it was with Gruber. Where you, you, like, you used to buy an iPod. <laughs> yeah, you'd get everything with it. Yeah, it was like you'd gone to Crate and Barrel for music. Like, <laughs> right. There was just all this stuff that came with it. And you get a Firewire thing and a big yeah, heavy a, thing. You get a and case, the, you get a, yeah. a pouch, you get a belt thing you get a, a book with a that you know explains everything and now you get a, a little one-page thing in a piece of plastic and that's it and you get these headphones that are like made out of like like kite string and you know tin cans they're so <laughs> i can't live without my automotics they should sponsor us but I if you mo- if you moved if you moved the scuzzy cable wrong if you just oh, just slightly o- touched it game over if you gone. had one one pin slightly off oh, game it. over 
and you had to have two kinds. So it was, is it 50 and 25? Is that right? Yeah, I think so. There was, well, the SCSI 1 and SCSI 2, and I think they were different pin types before that also. And the SCSI just, 2 I, types were, were smaller, and I did, was it SCSI 2 that you didn't need a Terminator on? You used to have to put a Terminator. SCSI 2 was pretty late in the game for on the me. Drive. When I was administering Mac stuff, it was those two kinds of cables. And I remember, here's the thing about Macs that you got to know. And boy, talk about an episode you're going to hate or hate. Um, but, but the thing is, like, it, it was, there was so much voodoo in the world of the Mac. Let me just do a quick list off the top of my head. Extensions. You had to use a really excellent, was a Cassidy and Green product called uh, Conflict Catcher. If you didn't run Conflict Catcher, you, the thing is you get bombs on a Mac. You just get bombs all the time for no reason because they'd, what, both be grabbing the same RAM memory at the same time, right? right? Isn't yeah. that what caused most bombs? Yeah. And it was completely difficult to, to track down. So you'd have to run Conflict Catcher. And Conflict Catcher did something that we used to have to do by hand, which is there's probably a name for this in um, – there's probably a name for this, like in database. Is, is it sort of like, uh, what's it called where you do like, anyway, you take out half your extensions and restart and see if it crashes. You go, okay. And then you switch them out with the other half of the extensions. And you keep doing that by having and having and having. Do you remember doing this by hand? Yes, it That's was. That's what you had to do to yeah. track down. And it was almost invariably these same extensions that were really important. You know what? If your internet didn't work, you had to go trash the TCP, was it uh, Mac TCP DNS? prefs or something like yeah, that. Yeah, it was like the TCP IP one and you would have to trash it and you'd have no internet. And you restart. And that's just that's just a thing you do now, to, to quote to quote Louis CK. You just did that. You just did that all the time to make your Mac work. A hard drives, oh man, you better do that stuff in the right order. And you better have everything unplugged before you turn anything on. Or if memory serves, you could just like crash the entire thing. So then what do you do? You pull out Norton. <laughs> and you use Norton to, back Norton, then. Norton like, like, Disk Doctor. This doctor with the dude, with the guy with his arms folded, like going, you paid for this, idiot. <laughs> happy, yeah, that's happy it. Now. That's happy it. And then you'd, do, you'd run that, and it would run and run and run. You'd go to lunch. You'd go to lunch, and then you'd go to dinner, and, and it would be running. And, uh, and, and basically, you would use that as often as you use iTunes today because that's just what you would do because your, your hard drive would just be messed up all the time. I'm just saying, Dan, this is a golden age. These kids today with the SMS and the Wikipedia, I don't think they appreciate the golden age. We were very much, I think, in a in a situation where we were every day. You were discovering something new, and you felt very much like you were on. And really, if you had a computer, you were on the cutting edge. Just by definition, it would be like, totally. you know, like if you were if you were out there today. The, oh, the closest thing I would say is having a computer, not not even having one at home, but just having like daily access to one. It was the equivalent to like what people are doing with cloning today. That's how that's how it felt. <laughs> it was like the stem cells with a keyboard, right? Yeah. Like you were doing something and you knew, you knew very consciously, you were very aware that you were one of the very few people like on the planet that were doing it. And if you were, if you were doing something really unique or interesting, literally yeah. unique, literally unique, then you would, you, you were the only one doing it. Well, like now, totally. And like now today, like I got to tell you the first time I met like Cable or the first time I met Brent, like these are names that you will know these names if you're a nerd because you know them just by their first names. It's like, it's like meeting Elvis. And like back then, I mean, I remember one time, was it in one of my, I had a letter published in the Aldous magazine, a letter about Olaf Kvern, what was his name? That guy who used to write all the stuff for about all this stuff. I (laughs) complimented his review of something and my letter made it in there. And I felt, I felt like, I don't know, like I, like I had just been on, you know, a game show or something. It was the most exciting thing, but you're right. It was a totally insular little world. I mean, user groups, 
I mean, let's be honest. I love Paul Kent, but one reason Macworld is a tough sell today is people don't self-identify as Mac users like they used to. I've said it's like being the Black Panthers. I mean, it was like you had to meet in this apartment in Oakland and hope that nobody discovered where you were. We were, we were laughed at. They, they drummed us out of town. Right. I mean, you were a total pariah if you used a Mac. It was, it's, that's the thing. That's why we're touchy today. I think that's why Gruber is, is such a small little man about gloating because I am too. I remember, when, I remember when I was laughed out of places just because I didn't use a PC. It might as well have said, like, I'm going to type on a Barbie doll. <laughs> have you seen my new Barbie doll? <laughs> I, just, I just got some new leg warmers, and now I can type on it. And you, Right? It was, very, it was a very weird time where the kind of computer – like today, there was the whole – you know, remember when the whole switching thing started and I'm a Mac, I'm a PC, and I, that, yeah. that seems still recent, but it was, that was a long time ago, really. He did, he did over 60 of those, if memory serves. No kidding. But, yeah. you know, the, that, that really helped it be like I'm I, – you know, I just have this certain association with my computer. But back in the day when you had – if you were like a Mac user, mm-hmm. it – the PC people thought you were just like a like a stupid, you know, kid with a rube chalk pencils or something. You were either you were either a rube or you were like somebody who thought they were fancy and really wasn't fancy. Right? They thought you were really, really. But see, here's the thing: it's not even like the dumb PC people, and there's still lots of dumb PC people. Let's be honest. <laughs> There's lots of dumb everybody people. Yeah. I'm a Buddhist kind of. The, the The problem was the people who should have been a little bit smarter about it were really silly. And, I mean, here's the other thing. Is, I mean, Microsoft became Microsoft not because they had the best thing. You know, in this case, VHS did win. Sorry, but they did. VHS won because they were better at marketing it, and they were better at forcing you into relationships that were extremely hard to get out of. And, and by the time in the 90s, when things were starting to drift and education, I mean, I think when education started to drift for Apple, when that started going away, you know, that, that was – you think about that when you were a kid and using a Mac. And when I was in college and using a Mac, there was no question I would use anything else. And when those started disappearing from schools and they started focusing on which one of these pizza box with letters you wanted to have, like right. I think that was, that was the dark times. Everybody agrees. But, you know, the thing was it really was a substantially better experience for a really long time. I think some people would say up until XP, it really was. And I was not an XP user, but I've, you know, not enough about it to see. Wouldn't you say? I mean, when did Windows get good, do you think? I think Windows got good enough that regular people 95, yeah, 95. felt like they could do stuff. Yeah. That was Windows 95. Windows 3.1.1, Windows for workgroups, you, you really needed an expert to help you out. And Windows 95, I think, even though we look back on it as this horrible, horrible operating system, which it, it really was – I, f- I feel like it was the first operating system where the regular human being could use it without yes. deep education. Absolutely. And, and my, if memory serves, I mean, it was very well marketed, and, but, but fair enough for them. I waited in line to buy Windows 95. It was huge. It was giant. Do you remember how huge that was? And was that the one where Brian Eno designed the startup sound? Wasn't, wasn't that the one? I don't remember. I don't follow Windows. <laughs> but I'm serious. I'm serious. The, I, long, I don't know. Is that true? I don't know. My startup sound is 1-1. One, one. takes 17 minutes. It's <sighs> a Brian Eno joke, <laughs> ladies. But, uh, but no, but the thing was, is it not fair to say that one reason Windows 95 was such a hit in some ways was that it – there's a term they use in sales called you know, overcoming objections. So it isn't that you've got to like make every object you, – you've got to get past the part where they're on the bubble about it. And I think if you were on the bubble, if you were leaning toward Windows everything – 
but you still had some part of you that went, oh, but the Mac has this. Don't you feel like Windows 95 like kind of did enough of kind of being like a yeah. Mac, yeah. but Windows, that it just obliterated? <laughs> I mean, you know, the timing on that was just like, oh, those are dark times. God, do you remember all the different marks? Anyway, here's the other thing, though, Dan, and this is a slightly uh, back-to-work-ish point. I, I talk about this in my talks, but I think it's, it's so interesting. We talk about uh, – well, we're going to talk about stress today. We'll talk about stress next week. Um, but uh, the uh, – think about how – I'll speak for myself. 1994 – I know you've heard this story. Shut up. 1994 – 93, actually, was when I got my first account on Freenet. You go and you tell them that in. And for me, it was a very specific – location and place and order of events and it was i i know this is not going to be super interesting if you're 16 masturbating in weed is interesting when you're 16 and we don't have either of those we don't have weed <laughs> mm. so uh <laughs> you, but the thing is what i will what i do i couldn't i could not even very easily do this on my mac when i did do it on my mac it was pure telnet why because the account i had was dial up and it, I didn't have access to Mac TCP IP. You needed a certain. I don't know if this makes any sense. This probably sounds like voodoo, but you, it was pretty. It was easy enough to get a Telnet account for internet access. But I couldn't run stuff like Eudora for a pretty long time. I couldn't run Mozilla. I was on Lynx, and I was on Gopher because Gopher was a better experience than Lynx. But the thing was, what would I do? I'd go to my Mac. I'd turn on my Mac. I'd wait for thirty-five minutes while it smiled at me. I'd watch all the extensions load. <laughs> At the bottom of the screen, it would go thy bidding master. And then I could go into the haze dial-up thing, make sure everything was configured exactly right with A-T and D-D-D-D-D. Right? You with me so far? Oh, yeah. And then I would say, go check, go to Pine, and say, like, please go bring in my email, which was very fast. But that was a very intentional series of events that were required. And I, I did shut my Mac down every night. We Nobody would leave the way. We just oh, no. Fun. That was insane. Things would like get worse if you left them. Remember on. the power surges? You get the power surge strips because, anyway, the things have changed. Let's just say that. But there was a very deliberate series of events, very ritualistic compared to today. Now today, I, I sit here and, and like I was I was late starting today, and I apologize for that. But I sat here and I'm, I have my iPhone and I'm typing to you in real time as I'm setting up a like three pound computer with a microphone so that I can talk on the internet. It's weird. So what does that mean? Well, what that means is you – let's come back to it. You can do your stuff anywhere. And um, boy, think about how mindful that was though, Di whether it was Disk Warrior or whether it was Norton Antivirus or Norton uh, Utilities and NUM. Like whatever you were running, you had to stop for a while <laughs> do something else. Thank God we have the uptime today, but we really, really, really have the uptime. I have this little um, – this is really stupid, and I hate to admit it, but I got one of those little chargers that holds an iPad and an iPhone 4, and um, I'll put them next to my bed because I listen to that streaming radio. I listen to the 20 stations sometimes to go to sleep, and um, which my wife loves, by the way. You know, you know what's great at about 1130? <laughs> oh, my baby likes aluminum foil. She likes to buy aluminum foil. Billy Murray with aluminum foil, Edison Records. Is that what you listen to? Understand. Oh, God, the 1920s thing? You can stream it. Uh, if you go to under eclectic, eclectic, eclectic on your Apple TV, you can pull it up, and it streams, and it's gorgeous. You know, the other great one is the British, uh, British it's called, not the British Invasion, but British 60s station. Unbelievably great. So, but I'll put that up there, right? I'll put it on the stand. I'll put my phone up there, and I'd like to let it charge, and theoretically, you know, in the future, sync, in the future, and, and not now. Because you can't do that now. And so uh, it'll, because it's got to be plugged in in the future. And so um, here's the thing, though. I get, a, I, get a, I get a notification or something, and suddenly the Iron Giant is illuminating my room because that's my background in, in, on my iPad. 
<laughs> like, could you imagine that? Think it's about wild. that. It's like, amazing. It be, you had to get in your car to check your email. And so what does that mean? What well, means what we've talked about in probably four episodes, right, Dan? I mean, like you come home, you, you got the, even just with the laptop, that access is just always bidding us to like come and do something. Do you know what I mean? I do. It, that's crazy, man. It's, it's almost, a, the, pro- the problem is, dis- you know, the, the disconnecting, you often hear people uh, talk about that. How do you, how do you disconnect? How do you stop? Especially as these devices are getting smaller and easier. And I remember there was uh, something our friend uh, John Gruber was talking about where he was actually referring to an article written by Joshua Topolsky previously of Engadget. Now of this is my next.com and uh, talking about how he was sort of saying something where he used the expression, a device in hand. And that's why web apps are better than iOS apps or some, something along that line. I'm probably, a, you know, I'm paraphrasing. And John was saying, when, when I think he's talking the, about the, the, the distinction in the whole, I'm sorry not to interrupt you, but I think he was talking about recently when... The uh, distinction between writing an app that runs essentially on the right. web versus which really is doing a lot of JavaScript and running in your browser, the browser becomes the client Precise. app. And Google, the difference between Google and Apple. The difference Google, between Google and Apple, that's is, what it was. I, Gruber had, we should link to this. Gruber had a great article about that if I read his stuff, which I don't. But it was a great article about basically how Gruber, want, or, uh, Gruber, Gruber, uh, Google wants you to live in a browser and they see the app is running. Yeah, exactly. And and how he's like, well, the Mac user, and it's true. With a Mac user, I'm just, I'll just, I, I, there's nowhere I don't have my phone. Right, and, and that that was his that was his point. When do I not have a device in hand? What am I doing that I wouldn't have it? And it, and and that's that's really the way. That's sort of the both the upside and the downside of the of something like an iPhone or an Android phone or whatever phone you like. Uh, but but even even more so, it's one thing to look. There's something about the nature of an iPhone or a smartphone in general, where you're somewhat limited in what you can do. There's things you can do, but it's not quite the same as being in front of a computer. There's something about being in front of a computer that says, at least to me in some way, it says, Mm -hmm. work, you can work here. The iPhone says, yeah, you can do some work here, but a computer says, you can work here. This this can be work. It's expansive, and I think in some ways, it's funny, Gruber mentioned this the other day, if I read him, which I don't, but the thing about how funny it is to have something called Windows that doesn't have Windows in it, with the Windows (laughs) Mobile that (laughs) you're trying to talk talk people out of at the Verizon stores, but I think a windowed environment also. You're in front of this thing, you got a big screen with a keyboard, it's a, you know, is that the right term, windowed environment? It feels like I'm here to work, whereas I could just be shucking and jiving. Sure, you can do this anywhere. But I mean, you know, casual games, there's just all Instapaper. Instapaper and Reader, to me, the dynamic duo. I'm just forever using both of those in tandem. Um, it, it combines to make, make it this, this always-on environment. You're totally right. Um, yeah, I'm not sure what the, what the moral of that is. I mean, in some ways, though, it does go back to the 83, and it is 83, not 85 problems, which is that, you know, there's a thing where I got this MacBook Air, and I have to admit, I got this in November, but it's, it still, feel, still feels astonishingly fast to me. Which is unusual because my rule, the rule of thumb is what does it take? Like a week before a new computer feels not as fast, right? You get a brand new spank. I remember when I got that Yosemite G3, that giant you know, blue tower. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like a space 1999 version of like <laughs> – in 1982, computers will fit inside of a room. Um, but uh, what was my point, Dan? What was my point? Your pick this week is the Mac – it's a Macintosh, and what's nice is you can fit your bicycle inside inside of it and still have it go under your seat. You know what was interesting? Do you know who – I'm sure you know who Edward Tufte is. Yeah. You hung Napoleon's, out with him? Napoleon, Napoleon's March. My lady went to that. My special lady went to that seminar. Your lady friend or your special lady? My, special, my very special lady friend went to that. Uh, 
usually whenever I mention somebody, you you respond to me by saying, "Oh yeah, I I know I know this person. We just had nostrils, dinner. Nostrils, we just had dinner last nostrils. night. Focus on the nostrils." And uh, I went to to his thing. And it was funny because one of the things that he opened up with early on when he's talking about displaying information that's that's his his main thing and one of the things that he said it was just so fascinating is he talks about resolution and the the resolution of the real world of objects and things like like the printed page it's it's so high and he said now computers and this was years and years ago so i wonder what he has to say about things like the retina display but even then he was saying you know we're we're so far from the kind of density and resolution and clarity on a computer than we are in the real world and that we're looking at these tiny little not not windows in the sense of the operating system but these little tiny portals these little tiny squares that we're staring at trying to display tons of information and and it's just it's not effective and he says you know eventually we will get there we will have the kind of clarity and resolution uh, on on a computer screen that we ha- enjoy on on the printed page is we're not there yet. It may take, and he might have even said five years, and that's probably you know five to seven years ago when I saw him speak. But the second thing he says, the second thing you can do is just do yourself a favor and just get a Mac. <laughs> and he actually said that. That's you know, funny. That's the, funny. He's well. What what he's one thing he's great at that I, I really wish I'd had his seminars when I worked with Dave because a lot of what, like I said uh, eventually a lot of what I did was courtroom exhibits and I I used. Man, I did so many of the fallacies, or I did so many of the like uh, anti patterns, I guess, of, of his stuff. Stuff like I would make those horrible. I was using first, I used Excel, and then I was in. I want to say Delta Graph. I don't remember if that's the name of it, but it was mainly you know for making graphs. Um, but I would do the whole thing where like this one is black, and this one is white, and this one is cra- cross hatched. And this one is checkerboards. And it was like looking at some kind of like insanity, visual insanity test, you know, like some op art piece. Or I do the thing where I was mistaking um, like square inches for cubic inches. So, you know, this USA Today kinds of things where this barrel's really, really big, but mm-hmm. it's not accounting for, you know what I'm saying? Yes. He, he's great at covering that kind of stuff. And yeah, he's just, and I love I loved the way he, he, and I mean, let's, let's be honest. I mean, you can go way overboard with all this minimalist crap. I mean, you know, you can replace work with being minimalist very easily. But, you know, providing all of that extra space and giving yourself a little bit of white space. I mean, we got these giant monitors. I'm sitting here looking at this, whatever, 30-inch Dell monitor in front of me. Um, And, uh, you know, you can cram every inch of that with stuff because you can, right? But think about, like, part of what's made the iPhone, iOS so successful is that it's found that right mix of the form factor that you want to carry around. This is a very, whatever, a three-year-old point to make at this point. But it's got that combination of, like, what it can do well you know, and obviously can do a lot well by having the hardware and software so tightly integrated. I'm trying to make a point with this and bring it around, which is to say this is why the original Mac was so great. Like, even when it sucked, it was great. And by System 7, System 6, you know, 607 or so, 607 was super stable to me. I, I think actually more so than, was there a 609? I just remember 605 and 607 feeling pretty stable. But it was like, it was just like lightning. And you know what it was? It was checkerboard. Everything was little checkers. That's all it right, was. Right. It was nine inch, it was a nine inch screen. And, like, if you go and watch Gruber's presentation, then when you see the little thing with the jackrabbit and the turtle, and there was no labels. There were no labels on any of that. It just made sense because it was contextual, and it all made sense in that context. And instead of trying to be clever and fill every inch of the screen with, with stuff that would be too small to click on, I don't know. That's one part of the Mac culture that I think has always stayed together it's, is there's a certain elegance to saying what's, what's at least on a system level. Not always. Like, by the time you could do, ugh, 
was the horrible thing where you could change seriously where you could make a b make it look like b windows bos windows do you remember oh, that yeah. with the yellow with like look like a, look like a little uh, mailbox flag i see i liked bos <laughs> I, I ran that i ran that kaleidoscope was it called kaleidoscope oh yeah <laughs> and you could pick the different uh, i guess uh, we would call them today we'd call them themes like i'm not theme. sure what they call yeah. them well, Gruber goes into that and how they really only had – anyway, I won't spoil it. It's, it's a great talk, but I'm not sure where I'm going with that except to say that my pick this week <clears throat> is, a, is a computer called the Macintosh, <laughs> which I think uh, – I want to go check this with Syracuse. I think it was invented in 1994. I'm trying to remember. Yeah. Did, you even, did we even have passwords back then like to log in? <laughs> like do you – was there was a login? Do you remember your first – I think my first password was probably FileMaker. Running on a network, which was really oh, I still I'm still it, using the same password I used back then. Well, never man, needed can, to can, change. Can it. I be honest with you? Can I be honest with you? Yeah, go ahead, caller. We have a new sponsor uh, called uh, it's called a product called One Password that, that I love, and it's by a group called Agile Bits. I think they're all from Canada. I think they all live in Canada. They're exceedingly polite, and, uh, and they're almost apologetic. That's how you know someone's from Canada. If if you ask them a question and they apologize, like, how are yeah. you doing today? I'm, I'm sorry. I'm actually adequate. Yeah. Well, that's the ironic part is Scotland was actually founded by Scottish people who, who uh, they felt like they had been uh, – sort of like the way the Puritans came here. They, you aren't allowed to apologize in Scotland because they're very angry. And so they started Canada so that they would have a place to apologize. You know, Mel Gibson isn't even Canadian. Did you know that? Is that right? He's from New Zealand, right? Here comes the email. <laughs> but the thing is about Canada, um, you ever notice like kids in the hall? Like like the three of them are named Max something. You got McCullough, you got McKinney. It's all Scottish people. Scottish people in Canada. Yeah. Export A's, that's got a Scottish girl on it. It's Virginia tobacco from Canada. I'm not making that up. Anyway, I think you're thinking of uh, Sigourney Weaver. Here's the thing. One password. <laughs> then I, I, I'm empowered by Dave to just make all of this up because here's the thing. Dave I, who? Dave, 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 Dave uh, I think it's pronounced Tier. Dave Tier, Dave from uh, One Password. You know oh, Dave. Yeah, everybody yeah. knows Dave. Sure. Dave, you know Dave. And uh, Dave, also everybody in Canada, named Dave. He's one of the Daves I know I know. One of the Daves I know. Let's start over. How you doing? Hey, pretty good. How, how's your week? Good week. Only way out is through. The beauty thing about One Password is, like, you discover pretty quickly today that you know, it's like that was the thing. Bruce Schneer, is that his name? I mean, there's no such thing as perfect security, but to quote my friend Chris, you know, you can keep the honest people honest. You can at least latch your screen door. There's no way to be perfect today. But 1Password is such a neat program because once you start using it, um, you will quickly realize, well, I don't think 1Password is a program you get scared into using, but to me, once I started using it is when I got the fear because that's when I realized how many lame passwords I had. And again, I don't want to try and scare you, but like it doesn't it doesn't hurt to, to have pretty good passwords today. As we saw with things like people having unsalted passwords just sitting in a pile, not a, not a great idea. Or say snipping off the last few passwords of what would otherwise be a medium security password. <laughs> but one password is is it lets you have truly one password or passphrase, as we'll talk about probably in just a second. But then inside of there, you can and should have separate passwords for everything important in your life. And it remembers that for you. It works on OS X. It works on iOS. Um, you take it to go. And uh, now, now Dave had some concerns that you had previously not been a user. Are you currently a user, Dan? Are you considering? He was concerned about it. No, I'm a user right now. I use it for everything. Yeah. And it integrates. What I love also is it integrates with your browser. Um, well, this, this, is, this is the key. Let me just tell people no, how this yeah. works because this is this is something that for the longest time, 
you know, I, I was I was trying to just remember all of my passwords. I, I had, you know, and in some cases I would have by which, like a, by which you mean both of them, both of them. And I would have a little system. Well, for the, you know, I'll, I'll do this MD5 of the site's name and, you know, a certain date that means something and get the, first, the name of my second cat, you know, whatever. And you have a, a system and then you change in it. And then that then you it, it just becomes very tedious or you do something really foolish, which is you just use like your kid's birthday or something like that. And you realize that you're probably insecure. And then a friend of yours says, oh, dude, my, my Gmail account got hacked. Don't email me there anymore. There's somebody else using it. What do you mean somebody else is using it? Well, they got hacked because they picked a stupid password. And this is the thing. A lot of people are just lazy. And they, I don't mean this in a bad way. Well, no. And but they just well, don't want to come up with a different them. password all the time. They don't want to do it. No, and they're spread into them. This is the classic problem, right? Is like on the one hand, you can have a password that's so secure that you keep it on a notepad, right? Comic book guy comes in and goes, so it's time you can't reuse any of your old passwords or names of cats unless they're from Alien. You know, Ripley 69. <laughs> so, But if you get a password that's too hard, <laughs> well, then what do you do? You remember your one really good password, use it everywhere, and all you need is one case of, uh, let's, I don't know, let's say like a uh, blog platform that cuts off the last few letters. Right. Anyway, that's the problem. It all it takes is one bad MySQL admin. It doesn't hurt to have a different one, but then you can't remember it, right? Now that's anyway, the we, other problem is you can't. So where do you do it? So I knew somebody that would take their passwords and they would put down the URL of the website in a, just a text file. They would put the username and password in. I had a bookmarker. John Udell had a bookmarklet that would basically mix, do a mix based on, I don't know if you call it salt, but you had one, one word of your own choice. Right. And it would create a password for you based on the domain name and your word. And right. That's not bad. That's better than having the same one. Yeah, it's it's much better than having the same one, but it's tedious and it, and it's it's it, it's not very portable and it doesn't make a lot of sense. It doesn't always work cross browser. You still have to use your mind to decode this in a lot of cases. And what one password does, like you said, it integrates with your browser, but it integrates with every browser. Let's be clear about that. And yeah. After, you got to save, save some of this. There's a lot to talk about. You got to save some for, for future weeks. All right. But the, the point is you go to a website, you, you want to make up a password, you have an existing password, it'll remember it for you. And then you well, it'll just generate it for you. It, it'll, it'll that's, and that's the killer feature for me is that it'll generate not just any password, but really, really, really good passwords. And it will remember them for you. And it makes it easy so that the next time that, that you want to go and log in, you don't have to remember what that password was. And it's all locked up securely with your master password. So all you need to remember is your yes. main master password. And by the way, Merlin, don't you have some guidelines I and do. That's the thing. And here's, here's of course, you know, it's like everybody's concerned. Like on the one hand with Google, you want to have the, you know, the, the two-source authentication. But man, is that ever a pain to, to have to, to live with. You know, there's no perfect answer to any of this, but I, I've been pretty satisfied with this. Now, now, obviously, you say, well, one password isn't that a single source of. Well, there's a couple things about it. One thing is they have some pretty cool stuff. I don't want to get in the technical part, but they've done some really neat stuff that slows down automated attempts to do brute force. There's some pretty neat stuff. I don't, I, <laughs> I don't want to cause problems here. But um, what I love is this blog post they had the other day. Uh, it's at blog.agilebits.com. And seriously, like I would have mentioned this whether they were our sponsor or not. But it's a great article. I believe it's on the blog. Yeah, let me double check that. Yeah, it's called Toward Better Master Passwords. You can Google that, but we'll also link to it. And the idea is how to go in and come up with a passphrase because one password will let you have spaces. And anyway, I really – did you get a chance to look at it, Dan? I did look at it. These are great. It's, it's just – 
every it's stuff that like some of the Uber geeks would do, of course. But th- this is stuff that everybody needs to read if you have stuff any. I'd never thought, stuff I'd never thought of. Exactly. You would think, and the example they give is including something like Molary and Curly in a passphrase seems great because it's so long, but it's also kind of predictable. Yeah, super predictable. But anyway, there's the, you know I I don't know I just I, I've been really pleased with this so far. It's and you know when you do have one of those scares, it makes it a little easier to go in when something happens, you know, on a site, and you go, "Gosh, it's really time." And like David Sparks says, David says that David and Katie say you should do it every time, you know, the clocks change, like when you change your alarms. All oh, right. I, I, I also Which do you I have, go to fall for? Is it fall forward or spring? Spring forward, fall back. I don't know. I think a springy dog fall down. I don't know. By the way, I'm going to see Humanity Horse again next week, so let me know. Are you, you really? Want to. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to visit with Humanity Horse again if you want a new movie. Oh, yeah, please. Gotta, this is way too long. we got to stop this. But, um, but check out that uh, Toward Better Master Passwords. Um, you know, there's no way to be perfect with this stuff, but this at least lets, it does let you latch the screen door. And these guys are trying really hard to keep this stuff good. Um, I, I just, you know, I, I can't imagine not having it at this point. Um, you can do this thing called smart folders. You can go in, and if you've got a shake and bake password, and let's be honest, you do, you can go in and create a smart folder that will you could say if it's this password or that password or that password and you'll discover how many of your passwords that you've been storing are all the same password and it's really eliminating it's eliminating and and can be a real wake-up call so anyway um uh agilebits.com check out one password um and thank you very much to to dave and every and, and rustam and everybody at agile bits for supporting so how do they do this one password one password. Oh, they, I would go to agilebits.com. I That's think we're going to get a code. I think it gives a coupon code. It might give us one, a coupon code. And you can, yeah. you can just type in one password in the Mac App Store or in the, I believe, uh, but certainly in the iTunes Store because they have this thing for, uh, for your iOS device too. That's right. That's right. Yep. It's pretty neat. So, uh, yeah, one password. Love them. Done. Done. Boom. Out of here. Stop talking about it, Ari. I'm sorry. Jim will cut all that out. <laughs> Jim, <laughs> cuts out Jim cuts out all our sponsors, right? Yeah, he does that. Anyway, my pick this week is a bicycle with a basket, a recumbent bike with a recumbent basket. <laughs> Have you ever used a recumbent basket? No, I remember the guy in Brainstorm had a recumbent Walken. bike, and that was the first – yeah, well, Christopher Walken, but I forget the character's name. The best movie ever. This is the first best time movie. that I ever saw one of those, and for me, that meant that we were living in the future. We were living in the future. This guy, this was – you knew it was the future because the guy had a recumbent bike, and those don't exist. Those are not real. And, uh, can I just say I was spoke at a company on Friday, a very well-known company, and I uh, – with lots of famous people. <laughs> not really. Anyway um, – <laughs> And uh, <laughs> and I mentioned that brainstorm as that was called. I, I that came up literally on Friday because to me that was when I showed up in Silicon Valley in 1999. I thought it was going to be like that with the cool lit campuses. I thought oh, it was going to be like yeah. the Jetsons, and I honestly thought Christopher Walken. You remember his house? How cool his house was too. His house was totally cool. And he, didn't he have a kid? He had yeah, a, he, he had, had a kid son. who accidentally got into the into the device and wore the device and went into the beyond and went catatonic or something. There's, there's the other guy who kept having intercourse on a loop. Remember that? Yeah, I do. But here's the question with the drink, kid. You got to stay hydrated. With the kid, what what happened to him? Like the dad didn't seem after the scene where he kind of like finds him and the kid's sort of catatonic and like weird. He doesn't seem that concerned about him later in the movie. Like he wasn't like if something like that happened to my kid, I'd. You know, I don't own a gun, but I would think about it, you know, and and, and he's like, he's like, oh, are you okay? Next scene. Now we need to go. You know, it's just, it didn't seem, it didn't seem realistic to me. I thought the same thing this morning. Why did Liam Neeson not also take Darth Vader's mom? (laughs) Does that that seem like a giant problem? (laughs) Well, it it turned out to be. Oh, I I haven't gotten that far. 
But I thought, I thought, I thought, I mean, what, who would really stop him from taking her? I mean, the, 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 the flying around blue guy? Yeah, nobody. Dan Benjamin, I told my daughter, we're not even going to, I, I, I mocked Jar Jar Binks, and then she immediately said she's really into Jar Jar Binks. I said, that's not going to happen. That's not going to happen in my house. I will put you in a kennel. I will put you in an outdoor kennel before I will allow Jar Jar Binks even references in our house. I don't want. I don't want my boy to to see or become aware of Jar Jar Binks until he's old Dan, enough to know I, that he won't be cool. I haven't seen this movie in years because I've just avoided all three of those movies, and we watched it, and I it was eleven hundred times worse than I remember. It was appalling. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know yeah. how anybody. I don't know how anybody let any of that happen. It's he's 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 doing hijinks. He's doing he's doing freaking he's dropping things and Misa having trouble with the clumsy. Got no moolah. Really? You got no moolah? Jesus Christ, Dan Benjamin. What is what is going topsy turvy? And he's not even doing his movies in 3K. He's doing his movies in 1080p. It's like lower than film resolution. Ridley up, George. Don't even get me started, Dan. Anyway, my pick this week is Star Wars: A New Hope Revisited. And it fits in your bike basket. They've cut out a lot of the little rats. And Chewie gets a medal, which is not canonical. What about you? File Buddy's my pick. Remember File Buddy? I talk about it every week on this show. Yeah, I've heard you talk about File Buddy. What else? File Buddy? Um, I don't know, Dan. Open I don't Here? Know. Wait a minute. Tell me what that is. Open Here lets you, if if you frequently find that you're having to navigate down and you don't want to... Uh, like clutter up your, is it called a sidebar in the finder window? The little thing on the left that's a light blue that has devices and shared and places. And are you talking about for, an OS 10? Yeah. Oh, you're talking about the thing that opens the terminal where you are. Oh, that's good too. But there's, oh. there's actually a little, a little thing that instead of having a ton of places in there that you can oh. make these sort of magical, I don't want to call them shortcuts, but that's kind of what they're like that, that will allow you to right. create dozens of, Special places with the like. Anyway, that's something neat. Hmm. Hmm. I don't. I don't <laughs> install a lot of stuff. I don't have a lot of stuff. No. I run pretty stock, really. I try to. I said something to a developer friend of mine uh, in the last week. Um, Was it Adam? I, I, <sighs> oh, he's so good. I just saw him in the new "Put This On" video. Oh, he's so smart. Mm-hmm. And just whatever he does, you feel like mm-hmm. you. Yeah. You just want to agree with him and agree feel, yeah, whatever he says. Like I'll, if he, he I, a conversation with me and Adam goes like this. Oh, Dan, did you see that movie? Yeah, it was horrible. I liked it. Oh, I liked it too. I'm going to get my paper bag. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be a good sound bite for Jim. Um. <laughs> I forgot what my pick is. Uh, we were talking about open here. Oh, you know what I said to my friend? I said, boy, I hate to, I really hate to admit this. This is, if, if Grouper, if Grouper uh, linked to something about this, he, he should use this as a Via if he used Vias, but he doesn't. So, so here's, you remember when he used to use Vias? Yeah, he, he stopped. I, I want to go back and see when he actually stopped giving other people credit. I told him, I told him credit. I have one beef. I have exactly one beef with him and it's the lack of Vias. I told him that. I told him that to his face over the phone. Mm-hmm. Other than that, I like the guy, except I don't know his work. Um, I think you are better off to follow Apple's lead if you're a developer. And as a user, you're also better off to follow their lead. I hate to admit that. I hate to admit that. I love the days of ResEdit. I love the days of hacking on my Mac. But if you're a developer today, 
you better wet your finger and stick it in the wind because Apple is telling you things. <laughs> Whether you realize it or not, do you know? Like you, it's funny. There's this weird pattern, and this is again a very Gruber-esque thing. But you'll see these little patterns where they go, "Okay, here's this thing. It's, it's the first cut of this, and then a year later, it's a hundred times better, yeah. and it's obliterated that entire space." Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. And again, there's the iTunes and and uh, audio kind of thing. But it's it's funny because if you're doing something that is unconventional, like for example, if you're doing stuff that focuses, I'm just going to throw this out, but I guess iCloud's an imperfect example for Dropbox. But there's a lot of things that iCloud is going to try to do that a lot of us are using Dropbox for, I think. I, I suspect. I think there's going to be a lot of things like that where I would not put, I would not put a lot of the growth of my company into something. Like, I, I, for now, I think Instapaper is going to do great because it, it's not even close. I mean, in the screenshots I've seen. It's not even close. Right. Instapaper, if you want to send that to your Kindle, you aren't going to do that with reading list. Right? I mean, I, I've got a thing coming. Every, every time I have 20 articles, it sends something to my Kindle, which is amazing. Um, so I think Marco is going to be fine. I think a lot of those apps are going to be fine. I don't think Panic's going to be out of business anytime soon. I don't think they're going to put out. An, I don't think Apple's going to put out an artisanal FTP app. But boy, I think as a user, especially increasingly, I hate to admit it. You know, I think you're going to be able to run MP3s in iTunes for a pretty long while. But do you know what I'm saying, Dan? It's like if if there's a direction that that they're that that Apple is moving. So if they're moving into a certain kind of storage, if they're moving toward a certain kind of API, if they're letting you know that hey, you know. If you're not hearing a lot about the thing that you use a lot in one of the keynotes, that's something to bear in mind. I don't know if that makes sense, but you know, if there's something where you're coding against their conventions or you're trying to slip something in or you've got a business model that's touching on what they're doing, I'm starting to really think you've really got to watch that. Do you know what I mean? And does that make them a bad business? Does that make I them mean, bad? Because for, for well, you mentioned your, your app yeah. switcher was light, light switch is your app switcher, right? Yeah, which I which I paid for. Yeah, and that thing came out before there was a really nice command tab switcher built into Mac OS X, if I remember right. And then it came out, and then the, those guys were right. like, "They stole this from us because this is exactly what uh, what we designed and what it looked like." And I I remember at the time thinking, you know, okay, yeah, this is a very very similar app, but yeah, all they got Watson. They got Watson. All yeah, all yeah, you guys Sherlock. did. I felt like saying at the time, all you guys really did was go along with the conventions and the aesthetic that Mac OS X already had. And yeah, you made an app that looked so good, it looked like Apple made it, but you didn't you know, come up with anything that was, that was uh, uh, not something that you know they have to have in their sites. Right. That's what you're saying, right? Well, I, I, I think so. Well, I don't know. I've got, I've got two things, two notes on that. And one is I think the Buddha would say you're not espousing right view because you know, right view is not a snapshot. Right view is, well, this is what it is. To quote the deer hunter, this is this, right? That's the problem. I mean, you know, but second, if you're going to be in a, in a, in a profit-driven capitalist society, I wouldn't piss him on too much when somebody else figures out a way to make money that you can't or didn't do. I mean, that's unfortunate, but, you know, do you know what I'm saying? It's like, no, well, I do. I do. I, I'm, not sure, I'm not sure that Apple owes you or anybody owes you any protection. It's, that's how business works. It's, it's not a great thing necessarily. It can be a very good thing. Personally, I'm glad when there's competition for Apple. It makes Apple have to open up to the world for once, you know? Thank God for Android, you know? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, if it weren't for Android, who I knows? Do. I mean, Apple is clearly pursuing a pattern of, I've said this, I used to say this on MacBrick all the time. It's their goal to become the hub for your digital lifestyle, which is increasingly becoming your lifestyle, which is increasingly becoming your life. It's not just a fun thing you do to carry an iPhone anymore. It's how you work. 
And clearly with the direction they're moving with iCloud from the screenshots I've seen, it looks like they really want to sync everything for you and pull it down for you. And they don't want you to have to be tethered to anything. They want to, they want to take this level of Catholic experience higher to where you really do rely on them for all of your stuff. And like I say, I don't think Ubuntu is going to go away. I think you can still make your own code from source. That's going to be okay. <laughs> You're going to have a way to do that somewhere forever. I don't think Apple will successfully kill all of that. But, you know, on the other hand, to have that user experience that works so well, well, they want that stuff closer to the metal. If they want a light switch-esque experience, A, they don't want you to have to buy it, and B, they'd rather make it themselves. Really? I mean, and it's not about, they're not going to sit around in a meeting and fret because the light switch guy is not going to get a shareware fee, which I paid. Do you know what I'm saying? It's like they're going to come up with something where it's it's so integrated into the OS and maybe even eventually into the hardware, I guess, that um, it's going to be inextricable from, from your Apple experience. You're not going to have to read their crappy release notes. You're just going to have a new thing that works. And I just, I'm increasingly thinking that's something you really have to keep in mind with these guys because they're like the Borg. They really are. Microsoft used to be the Borg, but now I think Apple's the Borg. It's just it's a nice Borg. It's not a nice Borg. It's a benevolent Borg. It's a Borg. Is that Star Trek? Yeah. Is it the new the, the, the new generation? You will become one with the Borg. Is that is that your Doctor Who voice? What is that? Yes, that was Doctor Tom Baker. Was Sarah the one? Was Sarah the one with the black hair with the with the bangs? You're thinking of K nine. Oh God, man, I would take her back in time. Mm. <laughs> I would. This is much larger inside than it seems. Tardis. We should button it up. <laughs> All right. It's a great yeah. show. You think it's a great show? You cheered I think me up a little, a little bit. God, I love you, Dan Benjamin. The, the just, oh, I can't stand up. Can't stand up. Well, listen, um, I love you. I love you too, Merlin, man. Thank you. Hot dogs, ladies. Hot dogs, ladies. Ooh, now we've got to say it again. I love you. Love you too.